This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. This show is brought to you by Pet King Brands, the makers of Zymox and Oratine. It's Behave with Arden Moore, the show that teaches you how to have harmony in the household with your pets. Join Arden as she travels coast to coast to help millions better understand why cats and dogs do what they do. Get the latest scoop on famous faces. They're perfectly pampered pets in Who's Walking Who in Rin Tin, Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails. Garner great pet tips and have a doggone fur-flying fun time. So get ready for the pause and applause as we unleash your all-behave host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome to the All Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Are you ready for some football? Do you like to cuddle with your canine or cool cat? Our special guest today is all about both the gridiron and great pets in need of forever homes. Yep, he is an NFL referee. He is also founder and CEO of Cuddly, a company that helps animal rescue groups. Please give pause and applause to John Hussey. Woo! Thank you, know, you Arden. It's not often that a referee gets applause, right, John? No, ma'am. They think that we come out, the fans think that we come out on Sunday for those three hours just to mess up their day. <laughs> well, you don't. You And you also make miracles for many, many animals in need. And folks... As a former sports writer, me, who got to cover one Super Bowl and who now lives with a furry Brady Bunch, I got to tell you, John's my dream guest. We're going to learn about the possum dual roles that John Hussey does after we pay for the show by taking this quick commercial break. So sit and stay. We'll be right back. Time for a pause. Four furry ones actually sit and stay. All Behave will be right back. Hey, pet pals, Arden Moore here. Welcome to Fall and Winter. Now, this is a great time to take your dog on a hike in the woods, maybe go on a camping trip or a road trip. But just like us, changes in weather can actually impact the skin and ears of our dogs and cats. So if you got a pet who's scratching his ears, chewing on his coat or rolling in mud, help is here. Zymox. For inflamed and itchy paws and coats, you can use the Zymox topical spray. For itchy and irritated ear issues, you can use Zymox enzymatic ear solution. And for baths, you can treat your dog or cat to Zymox shampoo and conditioners. Now, Zymox has been your pet's safe and trusted health ally for 20 plus years. So you can pick up Zymox at your veterinary clinic, most pet specialty stores, and online. To learn more, just visit Zymox.com. That's Z-Y-M-O-X. Do it for your pet. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. All Behave is back with more tail-wagging ways to achieve harmony in the household with your pets. Now back to your fetching host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome back to the Obehave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Our special guest today is a much respected referee in the National Football League. He's also a great businessman who's revolutionizing how to help shelters and rescue groups raise needed money and donations and supplies for animals in need. 
Joining us today is the founder and CEO of, I love the name, Cuddly.com, John Hussey. Welcome to the show, John. Thank you, Arden. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to get uh, get the opportunity to speak with you. All right. Well, we'll see how it goes at the end of the show if you feel that same. <laughs> but no, I'm teasing. This is not 60 Minutes. But one thing, we, we have some things in common. First of all, for about four years, I lived in Seal Beach, California. Oh, wow. I don't and- hear that often. No, and Seal Beach, folks, is the last city or really a town in Orange County before you cross into L.A. County into Long Beach. And I lived on a street called Clipper Way. And I describe Seal Beach as kind of a Mayberry RFD on a beachfront. Well, back in the day it was. I don't know how it is now, but this is about 10 years ago. So you live in Huntington Beach, right? Yes, ma'am. But our offices are actually based on Main Street in Seal Beach, just like you oh, said. Oh, really? It, yes. I mean, it is It is a hidden gem, a it Mayberry is. RFD for sure. Yeah, that was my description because there was no uh, chains at the time on Main Street. And there was this great sushi bar and other places. And I would walk down to the pier. But uh, if I wanted to buy a house in Seal Beach, I could only afford a garage. So I ended up living for 15 years in Oceanside, California, which Mm -hmm. is a little more affordable. (laughs) So the other commonality is sports. And I know we're going to talk about cuddly.com. But football, I, I was one of the first female sports writers. I'm very old. And I was also an assistant sports editor, let's bring your memory jar, to the 29th Super Bowl held at Joe Robbie Stadium in Miami between the San Francisco 49ers and my once beloved San Diego Chargers who are now in L.A. And uh, Steve Young, the quarterback, just kicked tail. This is a pet show, so we can say kick tail. The Chargers, uh, I think it was something like uh, 49 to 26. But you have actually got to officiate I think, were you a line judge at the time? Uh, I was, okay, uh, 2011, so, yes. So tell us about that. So, you know, it's a lifelong dream as an official to get a chance to work the Super Bowl. And I've known men and and now females are very much part of our staff, so I don't want to limit it there. But I know I know officials who've never worked in a, a Super Bowl. So it's the, wow. the pinnacle of success to get awarded the opportunity to work a Super Bowl. And I did at Super Bowl 45, the Packers and the Steelers in Dallas. And, uh, you know, it was everything that you had hoped it would be. I mean, Oh, yeah, what a close game, 31-25. Not that I remember that. I was just doing some <laughs> homework. So was it uh, Aaron Rodgers or Brent? No, blah, 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 blah. no uh, Aaron Rodgers was the quarterback for, okay. for the Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger for the, for the Steelers. Okay, all right. And then you got promoted to referee in uh, 2015. So for some of our folks, what's the difference between the line judge and and a referee? Sure. So the referee is considered the crew chief. He's the person responsible for the seven other members on his crew. And so you also get an opportunity to do the announcements. And so you're the face of the of the crew. It's a good and a bad part <laughs> yeah. because if <laughs> the other six or seven members of your crew make a mistake, it's always the John Hussey crew. It's not yeah. that Tom Smith, as a line judge, made the call. John Hussey's crew <laughs> the one that, that made the mistake. But that is that is the responsibility you take when you become a crew chief in the National Football League. So what made you want to be a, a ref? I mean, seriously, it's not a real, um, we love you, popularity contest, but we do need rules and regulations. So in my, in my coming out of college, I tried to play a little college baseball. I thought I was really good in high school, you know, small school 
So I was a big fish at a small school. I went to play um, uh, junior college, some club baseball and junior college baseball and realized quickly that I wasn't <laughs> as good as I thought I was. I just, what, po- what position were you playing? I was a catcher and a first baseman. Yeah, I lacked speed. I lacked arm strength. I lacked quite a bit of areas I lacked. And, um, and so it became very self-evident that this was not going to be a future for me. But in that time, my uncle was a high school football official. And he said, well, what, why don't you try this? Come out and start doing Pop Warner and freshman football. And, you know, as an athlete, you never get tired of putting a uniform on and getting yeah. a chance to go run around and be involved in sports. And so what it allowed me to do, and it, there was no master plan at the time, um, it allowed me to keep that going, that athletic endeavor, if you will. And truthfully, Arden, you made a little money while you were doing yeah, it as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, when you're an NFL ref, the season isn't 12 months of the year. So you also were in business. So what what was your first business that you started that, you know, as your own owner? So I've always been entrepreneurial. I grew up in a family. My dad was entrepreneurial. He started a regional bank in our town of San Pedro, where I grew up. I know um, San you know, Pedro is, yeah. Yes, he, he started the Bank of San Pedro. So as a young, you know, teenager watching that experience of him hustling for capital and started and actually, you know, running around the bank that wasn't open yet, getting the opportunity to see that facility <laughs> and see that dream come true. You know, how can you, you know, it just instilled that it's entrepreneurial spirit in me. Whoa. So when I was. Wait a minute, I got to blow the whistle and make a timeout. Yeah. No yellow flag on the field. So your dad owned a bank. He did started you, a, a right. community bank. Yes, ma'am. Did, how hard or easy was it for you to get an allowance? My dad's very thrifty. So it's oh, very no. difficult to get money out. <laughs> but he will, Arden, at a drop of a hat, he will make you a loan with interest. Oh. Very quick to do that. So you're like this 12-year-old kid going, Dad, you work at a bank, man. Look at all this moolah. And you're like, what? I got to pay interest? Yes. (laughs) I'm sorry. I just had to divert a little bit. No, and I watched him struggle to get the capital. Um, I think his number was $3 million to raise to get the bank capitalized and started. And I remember he made a trip to the Midwest to see some cousins in the oil business. And, you know, he had to go to the little local feed store and make a pitch at the time, you know, pitch meeting at the time to yep. get the capital from them. And uh, it was touch and go wow. and, and the stress of that. So being around that, you know, it was when I was 21, I saw an opportunity to create a messenger career company. So we started one in his garage. Actually, we had a little little office in the garage and we ended up growing the business to $3 million revenue business. Is that, we had, is that Speedy Express? It is. Yes. See, I'm doing my homework. 20 years as a reporter, you can't take that out of a girl. No, you, you're you right on. And uh, we grew that business, um, great business. And, you know, today it would be very valuable with the home delivery market and such oh, like yeah. that. I don't know that it would have survived through the um, 90s, early 2000s with technology and stuff like that. But now those are flourishing businesses. Not one I'd want to be in, truthfully, but it was a great experience to be an entrepreneur at 21 years old. That's pretty impressive. Now, I understand you have a terrier mix named Benji. Tell us the uh, 411 on Benji and how Benji really has changed your life. So not, it's interesting being the CEO of Cuddly and not <laughs> I love having, the name. And listen to your baritone voice, Cuddly. He says yes. it like that, Cuddly. <laughs> we, we laugh around the office. We call it the Cuddly. But, um, the Cuddly. <laughs> the Cuddly. So, you know, coming into this, this was an angel investment for me, and I'll kind of get to Benji. Um, so not having any real background, no background, actually, around animal welfare and rescue, and ultimately to get a, an animal from rescue, Benji, 
um, the, the collision or the, the melding together of this, my experiences being the CEO and having Benji, it's living itself out. I mean, I love Benji. He sleeps on our bed. It cracks me up in the morning when I go and get up and he's all four legs up in the air on his back and just happy. And I'm like, I that's look at happy him and, and safe. Yes. I, I trust him. Right. Yeah. Him. And I look at him and I go, Benji, you have a really good life. And I'm, it, it, it puts the work that we do at Cuddly into real life perspective for me. So let's talk about Cuddly. And everybody, I'm going to say it more than once after the show, please go to cuddly.com. Not only is it going to make you smile, but it's going to make you smile inside because you're going to be doing some good for a lot of animals in need. But uh, people hear of GoFundMes. You're not a GoFundMe. You're different. And you're finding as a businessman a void that really needed to be filled in the world of animal welfare. So can you fill us in on that? Absolutely. Um, So first and foremost, we focus only on fundraising for 501c nonprofits. So we go through a vetting process. We use GuideStar. We verify their EIN number. We verify that their, their their IRS forms are filed. And in order to be on Cuddly, you have to be a vetted organization and you have to be a nonprofit that serves animal welfare. Good. Unlike GoFundMe, which has multiple verticals and raises money for individuals. So as a donor, we do that to ensure that you know that your money is going to a verified organization. So that's one of the differentiators there. And the other thing is it's very it's free for our animal shelter organizations. Good. It doesn't cost them a dime. And what we give them in this relationship is amazing to me. Um, I always say, Arden, that our our organizations, our partner organizations, they wake up every morning to how, see how many animals they can save. They don't wake up every morning and say, how can I be a better fundraiser? Right. They, but they rely on 80% of their funding comes from outside sources. So they have to be good at fundraising. But they're really but not good everybody's at good at that. I like being a host of a radio show, but don't make me in charge of sales and finding sponsors. Ugh. I can't do it. So I hear what you're saying. Right. And so we bring that. That's the the role that we play in the organization. And we really focus on small to medium sized organizations. You know, they're understaffed. They're volunteer based. They're usually foster based organizations. The volunteers, there might be volunteers as good as social media, like you said, but they may Mm -hmm. not be good at fundraising. So what Cuddly does is we actually assign them free of charge a fundraising consultant. And this person is responsible for helping them create their campaigns, optimizing the photos, sharing best practices on video creation, content creation. We help them write the campaigns. There's many, many a stories where we'll get a phone call where our shelter partner is at the shelter, the municipal shelter, picking up an animal that's going to be euthanized and it's headed to the vet. And they know they have to raise money because this case, this intake is going to put tremendous strain on their resources. So we're writing the campaign as they're driving in the car. Wow. Because they go to the vet and veterinarians, they're hardworking too, but it's expensive. And so with having cuddly.com in the car safely and invisibly, you're giving them a fighting chance to save that animal's life. Well, and that's what happens. And I tell our team all the time, um, high tides lift all boats. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a two-sided marketplace. And so our job is to um, we have a marketing machine where we're really good at, at Facebook spend and we have TV commercials. We're, we're growing into new and exciting channels and innovative. And it's none of these really, no one organization, especially small and medium sized ones have the resources to do that. Right. So they're actually co-opting into this marketing machine because if you think about it and you've been around this a long time, so you know this, 
you start to experience donor fatigue when you keep asking the same people over and over again. Exactly. Well, can I brag on some numbers I saw on your website? Cuddly.com, because it's easier when somebody else brags about you than yourself, right? I love it. All right, guys, a little drum roll. We're talking 2.1 thousand and counting shelter and rescue groups being helped by Cuddly.com and 20 million in donations so far. And it's growing. I mean, it's it's so wild because I think it when you take a businessman like yourself, who's now a BFF, best furry friend is Benji, you are connecting all the dots. And as we get older, sometimes it's nice to be a successful person in business. It's nice to enjoy football and all these other things. But I think you're reaching the top where everything is connecting and it's not a job anymore, is it? No, I am. I told my wife this morning, I am living my best life ever. I, I really am because we are a for-profit business and I don't want to make that into, you know, we, no, we, but that, come, you have to, as a business person. And I think it's, you get three cents out of every dollar. So on the monetary side, we pass 97 cents of every dollar donated to the organization straight up. Okay. All we ask them to do is cover our cost of processing that transaction. So it's, uh, I wouldn't call it a loss leader, but it is, uh, we found it very important to give them, you know, as much money as we raise through that. We do monetize the business and we do ask our donors to leave an optional tip behind to support us Yeah, because of all the stuff that we give the organizations for free. So if you look at business, there's a, a term called SaaS, which is software as a service or software as a subscription. We're a SaaS play in animal welfare, but we don't ask our shelter partners to pay anything. Our donor community of over 200,000 donors, they pay. And they have clearly gotten the value proposition that we bring to the sheltering organizations. And if you love animals like our donors do, they have been very supportive of our organization. I think that one of the other things that separates you, like a Great Dane from a Chihuahua, nothing against Chihuahuas. I'm just using a size reference here to all my Chihuahua fans. You also, you do the whole story. I mean, sometimes I see on TV these sad pictures and you know who's singing that sad song and I just want to rip open my wallet and give all that money but I never know what happens to those animals so I think you had a story about a dog named Thor Can you so Thor that? was our, yeah Thor was our first case and you know Arden I'd like to delve into that a little bit because it is yeah. a topic of conversation internally and and we are trying to to fight through that right because it is an easy thing to put up an emotional, you know, and we struggle with that. How much is too much? We have a director on our board, Carol Novello, who is the founder of Mutual Rescue. And Carol is an amazing thought leader in the animal welfare space. And Carol challenges me all the time about just what you said, that commercial that's up with the song. <laughs> yeah. and she, she's not a fan. I, she's let me know that of that type of fundraising. But yet we, And there's an incongruency between our name Cuddly and the cases that we see. But straight up, we see abused and neglected animals. That's what we fundraise for because that puts the biggest strain on our partner organizations financially. And so you have to tell that before story in order for the campaign to work to get them the resources they need. But we spend an inordinate amount of time and resources to tell the after story. And Thor is a perfect example of an animal that was on the streets of Mexico and ultimately was abused and neglected and was taken into one of our partner's care. And Thor went through an extensive rehabilitation process where now he you know, has to walk with a wheelchair. And where Cudley stepped in is we provided the resources for Thor's care to pay for his water treadmill, all the things that rehabilitation, physical therapy, the wheelchair, 
food, beds, leashes, nice. the cost of those services. And then you get on the other end, and this is what your point, I think, Arden, and we really continually try to work on this, is show me the success story. Exactly. Update me along the way. And you know what happens, interestingly enough, we get a lot of requests to say, how can I adopt Thor? Or how can I adopt Fluffy? Yep. Because the people come inv- become invested. There you go. Hey, folks, we're speaking with John Hussey. He is an NFL official. He's a referee, and he's been officiating at uh, some AFC and NFC championships and a Super Bowl, and he is scoring big time for animals in need now as the founder and CEO of Cuddly, cuddly cuddly.com. We're going to talk more with him after we take this commercial break. So I want to blow the whistle. Everybody sit, stay. We'll be right back. Time for a walk on the red carpet, of course. All Behave will be back in a flash right after these messages. Hey, pause up, everyone. This is Arden Moore, your host on the OB Hey Show. I am so happy to yap about a new product my dog Kona got. It's called Pet Treater. Pet Treater? What's Pet Treater? It's a gift box, and it has lots of cool things like interactive toys and all-natural treats and yummy, yummy, yummy other surprises. Kona is my terrier mix, as you guys know. I call her Ice Cream Kona. And when that box came, she was just tail wagging and grinning from ear to ear. And it isn't just for dogs. If you got a cat or other kinds of pets roaming around your house, please check out Pet Treater because they'll tailor make a box for your pet. And they take into things like, uh, does your dog or cat have any allergies? Is it a big dog or is it a little dog? So all it costs is a subscription starting as low as $15. And you and your cool pets will get to unbox new surprises month after month. And if you're good with the camera and you're proud of your pet, you can also connect with other animal lovers on the Pet Treater site. How easy. Just go to PetTreater.com. This is important. Use the coupon code OBEHAVE. And guess what? You're going to get 50% off the first month of your subscription. Go to PetTreater.com and use the coupon code OBEHAVE and you're going to save ka Well, that's it for me. Kona's looking at me in the Pet Treater box. She wants to dive into some of these goodies. Pause up. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. This is Charlie Batch, quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I'm with Arden Moore on Obehave on Pet Life Radio. We're back from the lot. Just checked the paper, and we had a record showing at the box. The letterbox, that is. Now back to Obehave. Here's Arden. Welcome back to the Obehave show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. I'm a John Hussey fan. It takes a lot. I'm this old, crusted newspaper reporter now in this world, and I am really giving you pause and applause. And I think with Cuddly, you have a good team. And let's talk about the team because your business knowledge and their knowledge of pets, I mean, this wasn't something easy. You didn't just wake up one day and say, I'm going to create Cuddly, and we're going to have over 200,000 donors. Go. So as, like any business, you go through a maturation process and you typically in startup language, you call it a pivot. So yeah. when we first launched, we were actually going to monetize adoption traffic and sell ads. 
Okay. Um, and that was the, the, the genesis of the business. There was a crowdfunding component to it secondarily. Um, and when we got done for our, our 24 months in, I realized this wasn't a business. We weren't winning, but the crowdfunding was working and we were acquiring shelters. They were trusting us and we were doing focus groups with them. And the, one of the number one challenges was fundraising. So I knew then at that point, we went dark in 2016. So we found it in 2014. We went dark in 2016 and rebuilt the platform in order to lean into the fundraising um, model. In 2018, we launched products as a uh, ancillary way for our donors to give. Um, we, okay. we are finding that donors like to give products that are tangible. They know where their money's going. Um, some of the larger organizations that raise a lot of money in animal welfare, by the time the money gets down to the local level, you're really not sure where that money is going. And, right. and, and they do a lot of good work. So I don't mean that, but Cuddly does allow the donor to give ten, tangible products for the care of at an animal specific level. So it's a very unique. Well, I think I, I read somewhere where let's say I'm, I'm fostering a couple of dogs from my local shelter rather than the needed items going to the shelter. Don't you have some way of working with that foster parent to get it right to their home? Absolutely. So we built the supply chain logistics back end for the, that. If you are in care of an animal, those, those products will be shipped directly to your address. So nice. the shelter or rescue manager doesn't have to drive on all over the county dropping stuff off. So that's part of the unique value that we built into that because we know that those animals are in the care of fosters around the country. And it's and fosters and fosters have become so important in this pandemic. It's amazing that even the large organizations that didn't have a strong foster program pre-COVID now have learned that fosters are really important. And it's so oh, much yeah. better for the animals and so much better for the care. So Cudley's really was built perfectly for the for the pandemic because of two things one <laughs> we uh we had the supply chain set up where we'd go to the fosters and two all the fundraising that they used to do the peer-to-peer face-to-face fundraising got eliminated so how do we still continue to fund our operations and use virtual fundraising platform and that's what yeah probably- and, and that you segued perfectly so what are some things that i'm an optimist what are some things that you feel with this crazy pandemic year 2020 is making it good for animals in need. So one of our team members said to me, and I think that this statement, it rings true that the animals are winning in the pandemic. And, you know, I don't want to champion that because nobody wants a pandemic for that to happen. No, no, but, we're not making um, you the, right. you didn't create the pandemic. You were the creator of cuddling. Let's make it all clear. Okay. Yes, ma'am. But it did, just, <laughs> it, it, but the COVID crisis did disrupt a lot of thought processes. Even in the yeah. NFL, we've seen some things that are different, but yeah. in, in animal welfare, um, where the thought process used to be that the animals would stay inside the municipal shelter or the uh, uh, in cages inside the care of those 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 organizations, now they're now in homes, they're and they're being cared for in homes. And so where Cudley steps in is, let's say you're just simply going to foster and you don't plan on adopting that animal. Well, we raise money for this, we raise money and we raise products for this animal. And once it gets adopted, that bed, that leash. Those, that food goes with that animal and it reduces the transition costs for that adopter through the generous gift of these donors that support these animals. So we're even getting to a point where we're even talking about getting a warranty plan or a pet protection plan for them so that if you take one of these animals that are abused and neglected, the first year our donors might support or fund that so mm-hmm. that it eases that and maybe you're more inclined to take that animal now versus where you might not before. Yep. 
I love it. I mean, I don't know if you can see, I'm in a tiny house in my backyard. Hey, everybody, we're doing Zoom. I know it's radio, but we're doing video with it with our producer, Mark Winter. And I have on my futon a 90, a 35, and a nine-pound dog. Dogs, not one. Bujo, Kona, and little pandemic rescue pup, Emma, as in who Emma. And then you'll see two orange tabbies over there. And one of them teaches pet first aid, Casey. And the other one was a former circus cat. <laughs> wow. So, You're your own um, rescue. Yeah. So, well, I got married. It was part of this is the furry Brady Bunch. But the point is, every one of them have been here through the broadcast and listened to how much obnoxiousness they've been doing. I know. Yeah. They know the love. And animals are so good at reading us, at smelling our emotional states. I know we touched a little bit about Benji, but you wake up with Benji, four paws in the air, looking for a belly rub. And he's jump-starting your day. Arden, I have seen him when I come in on Sunday night. I'm traveling from the East Coast back to the West Coast. You're tired. It's been a long day working a game. And, you know, you're getting up three hours difference because I'm in California and you're on the East Coast. So it's a long yeah. day. And I'm yeah, walking yeah. and I'm, I'm dragging. And there's Benji. jumps <laughs> off the couch. He goes six feet in the air, maybe six feet <laughs> away. Exactly. So he goes, and, he just, and how can you can't help but smile? And this he is a rescue dog. Yeah, he's on Team U, man. He's on Team yeah. U. Hey, what's the last uh, football game you got to officiate recently? So I worked at home on last Sunday. I had the Giants at the Rams. Um, okay. I'm actually off this coming weekend. We get two bye weeks a season. So I have my bye week. So I'll get okay. to rest and rejuvenate. And then I go on the road um, for the next couple of weeks. I go to Pittsburgh. And then I go, uh, I think I'm in Florida and such like that. So, you know, it's, are you going to cover it, any uh, dolphin games? I am actually in a couple of weeks. Are you in that area? No, Mark Winter is. I don't, I'm going to upset some Dallas fans. Sorry. I was weaned on the bears in Chicago and I love the chargers, but I live in cowboy country now in Dallas, but Mark Winter, our producer, aren't you a big Miami fan, Mark? You unmute yourself. I just, I'm, I'm drawing my producer into the show. Giants. Oh, Giants. Like Giants and Saints. Giants and Saints. Okay. All right. All right. So as a referee with COVID, what's the deal now? Because you're wearing masks. What's going on? Yes. I think the NFL has done a magnificent job to navigate through this. And the fact that we're playing football, yeah. is, um, I think America needed that distraction and, and that ability to cheer on their teams and kind of have something to look forward to on Thursdays and Sundays and such like that. So I'm I'm thoroughly impressed with the hard work that they've done behind the scenes to actually make this happen. Yeah, I mean, there are some changes. We don't meet. Uh, we usually would meet on Saturdays for two to three hours in a meeting room. Mm -hmm. We now do it on Zoom. Um, okay. Obviously, everybody's on Zoom. You, you know, now, so. don't you wish you would have bought stock in Zoom like in October? You know, I say that all <laughs> the time. I do. I do. For but, sure. Uh, um, but with the mask wearing and all that, I mean, as an official, you have to be in good shape. And not only do you have to know the mental game and the rules, but, you know, these guys are like half your age. No offense. And I'm not cutting you down. But no, okay. these guys are running pretty damn fast and hitting pretty damn hard. And you've got to make the play and not sound like you're out of breath. Yes. So that's what I always like to say. So I work on that and I really do. And I, I actually have been training with a mask on at times and trying to build that because it does add a complexity that I wasn't used to. But yeah, you as a referee, you cannot chase the quarterback get winded and then you have a penalty and say hold on one second while I catch my breath you have to transition into the announcement and keep it going so you know we do work at it and people think as I said earlier in the in the podcast people think that we just show up on Sunday and try to screw up their day and 
it is not the way we approach this. No. Yes, we do make mistakes. We're human, but that's not our intention. I can assure you of that. Well, you're like a judge. I mean, really. And how has being a referee helped you be a better person? Do you listen better to people or do you see things more than you would maybe not? I don't know. What What's some of the gifts being a ref have you see? Yeah, so I process things quickly because that is that is how the game is. So, and I developed that. Um, if you ask my wife, sometimes I don't listen very well because I process <laughs> things before I've actually heard. I've had to work on that, right? Every, okay. <laughs> I think every husband in America has probably had to work on that. You know. And how and long so, have you, you and Paula been married? We're going on 24 years. Yes. All right, good. So you know the answer really quickly. So I'm trying to help you with Paula here. Keep going. Yes. Yeah, so I, I do tend to process things quickly. I like speed and urgency because that is how the game is played. And that, that skill set has served me well. I, I do that well. But I think I've found as a CEO, though, Arden, that that doesn't always apply. And so I've learned over time that maybe responding to that email or responding to that situation to take 24 hours. So and it actually has helped me as an official slow down, breathe, let the play evolve and come to you. So, yes, there's a there's a skill set that you acquire to process information, but you don't always have to react to it. And that's what I'm I'm trying to learn as a CEO of Cuddly. Well, I'm going to be looking for that zebra number 35, hopefully in a game soon. That's your number, right? Yes, ma'am. All right. We're almost ready with the end of the show, but as a treat to you, because we've never had an NFL referee on our show, I want as a special treat, because this has got a little bit of a football theme, and we've got the CEO of Cuddly.com. Our producer, Mark Winter, is an accomplished songwriter, and he used to be in an 80s band. And uh, we're just for fun, because this is radio, and it is for your ears. We're just going to play a little short uh, clip from his newest song. What's it called, Mark? I, I don't want to butcher the title. I'd rather oh, watch on, uh, some football. You're fo- on uh, mute. I'd rather watch some football. Okay. In honor of our special guest, John Hussey, NFL referee and CEO of Cuddly.com, here's a treat for your ears. I'd rather watch some football. Just want to watch some football. My favorite game on my big screen in the colors of my team. I'd rather watch some football. Just wanna watch some football. Tomorrow we can do the things you say, but I'm watching the game today. All right. Well. I just want to tell you, it was a real honor and a pleasure to have you on our show. We're talking to John Hussey. He is the CEO and founder of Cuddly.com. You guys, check it out. It's a great site that's helping a lot of small to medium-sized nonprofits in the world of animal shelters and rescues. And uh, look for number 35, uh, officiating a game near you. And it would be probably John Hussey. So I also want to give a shout out to my producer, Mark Winter. He created Pet Life Radio, which is the largest pet radio network on the planet. We've been on the air with this show for 13 years, over half a million listeners. And you have been, this is, I think we're near show 400. I'm not sure, Mark, but you are our first, first NFL official ever to be on our show. And I hope you'll come back too, John. I hope you had a nice time. Truly honored. And to share the story of Cuddly and the work that our team does on behalf of our valuable partners and our donors, I'll do that all day long, Arden. When you love something the way I've come to love this role, thank you for the opportunity. All right. And I also want you guys to check me out every Wednesday night 
and going to that meow cat side of the world. As host of Meowie Hour, it is presented by the Cat Fancier Association. And every week, we're going to get John on that show. We have a special guest. And at the end, I, your bartender, creates a kitty cocktail. And we toast, we raise a glass and toast to all cats. So until next time, this is your flea-free host, Arden Moore, delivering just two words to all you two, three, and four-leggers out there. Oh, behave. Coast to coast and around the world, it's all behave with Arden Moore. Find out why cats and dogs do the things they do and get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get great tail-wagging pet tips and have a fur-flying fun time. All behave with America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.